0: Check chap, chap, you get rid of throw the ball we going to pick it up you going to let them hit the hole you going to cut it off you going to play before the long you going to punt it up your defense heavy hitters. put your pads in. don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. keep the helmet on keep your cleats tight you're the type to want to win by any means right you should look alive this is trap or die sir yes Sir, welcome back to another episode of the Trap and Dive podcast provided to you by 214 Media. I'm your host, Mall, Maul, Hendog Mall, Coach Mall, all that good stuff, man. And um, the fellas are here. Uh, Dre is in here. AJ is in here. Fellas, how y'all doing? Shit, man. It's
1: off-season for us, but it's yeah. always the off-season for us early shit. <laughs> so, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But it's all good, I better know.
0: Oh, we already in Cancun, huh? Yeah, so we've been this since December. <laughs> nah, no bull. AJ, how you feeling, big dog?
2: Good, man. Just cooling, cooling.
0: That's good. Uh, let's go ahead and get the administrator item out of the way, right quick, man. If you are on YouTube right now, make sure you hit that like button, make sure you hit that subscribe button is definitely appreciated. Podcast side. Um, we got some things in the works, but you are hearing this on uh Hogs Haven right now. Uh, make sure you stay tuned and, and stay locked in with the description. Uh, we got some things in in motion and I guess when I get some clarity, you know, about the, the immediate next step, we'll all be on the same page in that regard. But fellas, um look, we, we got some updates to talk about. We got some roster moves, some up some pending free agents that we need to figure out in terms of the, the 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 team as we get ready for uh that March period, that that very next period for the commanders. Um even though you know OC is the immediate thing. Um Matter of fact, we might as well dive into OC first uh, and then transition into the roster. Uh, So as far as we know, since the last time we talked, um, I think we talked about the conversation of Thomas Brown interviewing with the commanders last week. And this week we had an up or since we did the podcast, we had an update about Anthony Lynn interviewing for the job. He actually interviewed today. Um, We are recording this on Wednesday evening uh, for those who are listening. Uh, So. Anthony Lynn was interviewed today by Ron Rivera, and according to Ben Standig, uh, he said that Ron Rivera was the sole person who interviewed Lynn today. And then, as well, we had a a report come out over the weekend. I believe it was Sunday, if not Saturday, whatever. Um, that the Commanders are definitely interested in Eric Bieniemy, and uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator. For those who don't know, uh, but Eric Bieniemy, and he is. Uh, a, a, pot- a key potential candidate for Ron Rivera and staff. And obviously there has been no news on an interview. Um, he is in a Super Bowl, Um, And I guess everything will fall, fall in place after that. But with those two names, fellas, um, I'm handing the floor to you all. How do you all feel about those two names? Do they move the needle at all? Uh, I know for me, and then I'll be quick. My, my, my thing with this whole OC search was I, I kind of had, um, I got people I'm interested in, right? Thomas Brown is one. Um, I like to do Charles London from Atlanta. I was interested in him, um, but, and even I was kind of interested in Greg Roman to an extent, but uh, I, I'm not necessarily hundred percent all in on an offensive coordinator. Like it doesn't really mean a big deal to me for several reasons that we'll probably touch on uh, once you all, you know, get things off your chest, but where are you all at with um, the me and Anthony Lynn?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's good to see those brothers. (laughs) It's good to see those brothers get uh, interviews and get opportunities of this nature to put their name in a nationwide mix of OCs. Uh, Anthony Lynn recently, uh, of course, he's with the 49ers. But previous to that, he's been the head coach of the Chargers. Did a pretty good job. They just couldn't, you know, close out some games. But overall, his players loved him. Uh, he did call the uh, offense for the Detroit Lions before Ben Johnson took over. Um, whatever happened there, it, it didn't really work out. But I mean, if you look at what he was working with talent-wise compared to what he could possibly be working with in Washington, is night and day. Um, Eric Bieniemy, you know, definitely going to another Super Bowl um as oc some people don't want to give him credit for calling plays uh some people identify it a different way some people think so many different things so many takes on eric Bianami, you would think he was like a celebrity or a politician or something of that nature i got some thoughts on that one yeah people want to dig on his past all that but that's what happens when you you're a black candidate and you with a team that that's balling, but you don't seem to be landing the, the final destination job of head coach. So people just draw so many conclusions. Um, I feel like, I feel like the OC hire is important, and the reason why I say that is because, yeah, we see it as a lame duck year, um, for Ron and company because of new ownership coming in, but. Ron really believes that he has a chance to push his team to the next level. If he didn't and he wasn't confident, I think he would have walked away from the job. No matter how much was paying him, he wouldn't have done a firing of a Scott Turner. Um, I think that he goes all in on um, a quarterback, and I feel like the OC is just one – missing piece of, of that puzzle as we've stated and it's been shown majority of the candidates who you interviewed have been minority uh, from Charles London to Eric Studsfield to the to Anthony Lynn uh, I mean the hasn't been interviewed yet but most of the candidates have been black um, I just don't see them standing still on not acquiring a quarterback And I feel like that's also a part of the conversation with these OCs. If you're going to lure Anthony Lynn to fucking leave a San Francisco 49ers um, where they're competing for actual chips or uh, Eric bien from Kansas City Chiefs where he's working with one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen in Patrick Mahomes, no matter if he doesn't have a head coaching job or not yet, there has to be uh, another reason why they would leave there besides possibly elevation. Of being a head coach at least Anthony Lynn's been there but for the enemy it's like you got to be kind of selling me on the fact that hey we're we're going to go all in at quarterback whether it be the likes of the Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson or maybe even a Derek Carr that might be intriguing
1: yeah and for me with Anthony Lynn and Eric Biennemi I look at those two guys as pretty much the best case scenario for Ron Rivera in the positions he, he's been in. I mean, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, you know, about the link duck situation and whatnot. And also just our level of interest and everything that's going on, with the OC job, uh, well, the candidates searching everything. But as I said before, like, I just feel like, you know, they've been building up and waiting to see, I think the enemy's their number one answer. They're just waiting to see what he's going to do or how he's going to respond after You know, whenever Kansas city finished playing in the super bowl, that's the case for here. But, uh, um, Lynn, man, he's interesting. Like I said, um, he's a guy, like A.J. said, he coached the Chargers. I mean, he's been around the league for a while. He hasn't been officer coordinator at too many spots, but he has a lot to prove. I mean, he had his uh, tenure at uh, San Diego. I thought he got a raw deal with that. Um, Phillip Rivers, he caught Phillip Rivers on the tail end of his career, and then he inherits um, Ty- Tyrod Taylor. He got rookie year Justin Herbert. You saw Justin Herbert show flashes his rookie year of what he could be and who he, who he is now as a quarterback. So I think if he would have had – you know, Justin Herbert for maybe a year or two more, he may still be a head coach right now. You know, um, it's just unfortunate, you know, how his tenure ended. And if you look at the charges when he was there, they were a top ten offense for most of the years he was coaching it. Even in Justin Herbert's rookie year, they had a top ten offense, and that's his bread and butter is the offense. I mean, he's he's similar to Eric Bieniemy in that their background is running backs, and you know they both yeah. coach running backs as well. And Eric Bieniemy now he is the more higher profile of the two, I think, even though Anthony Lynn has been a head coach. But Eric Bieniemy, as AJ said, he has like this celebrity profile, celebrity status with him, and that's a lot of that is due to his um, him being a part of that Chiefs. Um, Um, run that they are on, you know, he has a big part in that. But again, he's not getting a lot of that credit. You know, whenever people talk about the Chiefs' success, you rarely hear Eric Bien-Ami, Eric Bien-Ami. In fact, you know, you probably don't even know Eric bien name if you aren't like a die-hard <laughs> person of the sport, like a die-hard fan of the sport. And Eric bien is a guy, and he, like AJ said, they're, they're making excuses and they're saying he doesn't have a lot to do with the success. They're going back to the late 80s, early 90s to talk about his
0: off-the-field problems
1: and everything is a reason why he can't get a head coaching job. I mean, who knows really but this is a spot like i said where ron if he can land either one of those guys he's you know this is the best i think he can do i mean we talked about the londons and the studsville and those guys they're not proven at this level i mean they they may go somewhere else and they may you know start to become a star somewhere but right now they're not proven and because ron like we all have talked about is in his lame duck year i think his best play is a guy like Eric Benning or Anthony Lynn, where those two guys have experience, and they've also been under, you know, more veteran head coaches before. They're, they're used to working under those um, situations. But, again, both of these guys have a heavy chip on their shoulder. Anthony Lynn still, well, he wants to get out there and be another a head coach. Again, he probably feels like he didn't get a good deal out in San Diego. Eric he hasn't had the opportunity yet to be a head coach. And, you know, he can knock out a couple of the excuses for why that hasn't been – in Washington, if he comes here, he's the main play caller, and you know Washington goes to the playoffs in a tough NFC East division. Now, Eric Bieniemy's name is hot, and that that happens regardless of what happens for Ron Rivera's situation, as you know, ownership looming lo- and whatnot. If Eric Bieniemy comes to Washington and he puts together a successful season, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even going to put an expectation on a number I expect them to be as far as ranking wise. But if you view Washington's season offensively as any kind of success, Eric Bieniemy's name shoots probably to the top of head coaching jobs, so it's a win-win situation. I think if Eric Bieniemy was to look at this situation, I think a lot of people have been saying, "Why would he choose watching it?" I think I just made a good reason why he would choose Washington because you know obviously there's the other side of that where Ron Rivera gets fired, they look bad, and Eric Bieniemy he's you know back to square one as far as how he's looked at in head coaching circles. But again, if he if he's confident in himself and he can do if, if he knows what he can bring to the table and he brings any kind of success here, he's number one for the head coaching job. But again, I think these are Ron's best plays here for these two guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing for me, and, and we can get to the roster uh, after that. I, I guess one thing with me, and I, I agree with everything that you all said. Um, I don't really, Brad, like to harp on the fact that this guy, whether he does or doesn't call plays, I'm speaking of being enemy. me. Um, from, from an outsider's perspective, meaning anybody who's not in the know in Kansas city, like to, to have that be like a, uh, a point of emphasis for you as if that's a good hire or a bad hire, like understand he's been around Andy Reid for X amount of years. Like he's been around some good coaches for X amount of years. He's understood and been able to accumulate so much knowledge, so much knowledge that we can't even account for as we're talking about it on this show and and like people are hesitant for obvious reasons that you all mentioned like they they're trying to find these excuses for for why he may not work um or why he's being a poor excuse me reportedly I think that's important he's allegedly or reportedly a, a poor interviewer like all of that stuff is just ways to get in the way of of saying why he can't do a job or why you think that he can't do a job and um I don't think I'm not saying all this to say that he is the perfect candidate or he will do a great job year one in every single every single season as a play caller, uh, wherever he goes, if he does decide to leave Kansas City. But I I am saying all of these excuses that you all had for why he can't do it won't be the reason why he fails. It's either he is a good coordinator or he isn't a good coordinator uh, on his own without Andy Reid. And what did he learn? What did he take away? And for a person of that age, I just think that it's important to, to understand that he is not a, he's not uh, new to this. He's have he has NFL experience. He has coaching experience. And he's learned from the best. Like for you to sit here and scoff at that idea or be hesitant at that idea um, because he doesn't call plays is is outright foolish. Like Washington has already interviewed several candidates who aren't calling plays. Thomas Brown, a person who a lot of people have all, all, all of a sudden been enamored with. Um, rightfully so like the, the reports in in the, the comments about him good um but if you're enamored with thomas brown and he hasn't called plays and he's getting this opportunity in washington why are you hesitant on eric enemy? is it because you know a little bit too much on him and in the the reporting the alleged reports of, of him like that makes no sense and i feel like it's not fair to to enemy. so all i'm saying is for everybody out there who if you have those hesitancies uh i'm i think that you just need to wipe the slate clean and if the enemy ends up in Washington understand that that is not going to be the reason why he is succeeding or failing it's not because of that it's because of whatever inherent issues that he has as a play caller or coordinator those are it it has nothing to do with that other stuff like play calling experience or whatever I don't I don't think that's going to be the case um I am interested in Anthony Lynn too um I I have no issue with him uh it's good I think what, what tree is was is Lynn under um is that Shanahan do we know?
2: Uh, he played for Shanahan in
0: Denver, I believe. Okay. Uh. Okay. So we you know, don't really point. know what tree. Okay. All right, so I'm not going to assume then, uh, but I'm in my head when I think Shanahan, I think zone scheme. Um, I think he um, he started zone.
1: as an assistant right after he finished playing with Shanahan. So I mean, you can kind of put him in there. He he didn't have a significant role on Shanahan's original staff, but he he you can probably still say he came from that tree.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So there we are. Updates on offensive coordinator. Add yeah. Anthony Lynn to your bucket. Add it. Eric Benami to your bucket. Huh?
2: Yeah, it says he came from the Romeo Cornell, Jack Del Rio, Bill Parcells, Rex Ryan, Mike Shanahan, Tree. Okay. Oh, so Jack Del Rio can get an ally if
1: he come here. <laughs> <laughs> he could.
0: He could. Um, all right, let's get into our roster, man. Let's start with the big ticket items and then we'll work our way down with, with some other things that we need to clean up with. Um, I'll start with the defensive line. Obviously, we know um Deron Payne is the big money, the big dog. Um and for Deron Payne, the numbers did come out this week. Uh I think Monday or Tuesday. 19 million dollars to franchise tag Payne, 16 million dollars to transition tag him. Um and I believe Washington, assuming that they do cut Carson Wentz, will have around 32 million after they let him go, which is the fifth most cap space uh, in the NFL for this offseason. Fellas, um your overall thoughts on what to do with Payne uh the next steps but also uh I'll ask this question you can answer it in your response uh did the commanders miss their window for a long-term deal with Duran um I'll, I'll hand it over to you all for your thoughts
2: yeah i mean i feel with Duran is it's simple and straightforward to me you got to pay him Uh, It's going to be more than what Jonathan Allen uh, contract was and is. And I think Jonathan Allen would be perfectly fine with that. Uh, He's probably making up some of that money too from incentives uh, by being in Pro Bowls and uh, possibly being amongst Mm -hmm. the the all pro list. But at the end of the day, you got to get it done. Um, I feel like, one thing Ramavera and this this team has done a poor job at is having foresight. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Duron Payne is is goddamn talented, um, and if you put him in the right situations to attack the the passing game more, he could put up these numbers uh, because he's so he's so athletic and and quick off the ball. He has good uh, twitch, and if you just show him you know proper hand placement, he could be an elite pass rusher. That was the scouting report coming out of Bama. Um, Now you're going to have to pay that man 20 and up. (laughs) So um, I think it gets done. Um, I think they can't afford to lose a Deron Payne overall because of his skill set. But then even when you look at the roster, there's no one to really fill in those shoes at all. Um, You got Ridgway and Mathis, young players going into their second year coming off an injury a torn peck and a torn ACL, MCL or something like that. I think Mathis has, you don't have nobody else to step in. Uh, Yeah. You got to keep this D line together. And especially, you know, you got to show your team that if you produce, we intend to keep you around. Now the other conversation gets tricky when you talk about like a Montez sweat, maybe there's some flexibility there, but uh, overall, you got to do everything in your power to keep, Pain in 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 house
1: and i agree with aj again and the reason why i've been talking about this for a while um thank you thank you thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> i mean in you know I, I like i said this is one topic i keep bringing up and to me it's a topic of you know on this team you know what's more valuable right now the edge or the d tackle and we seen Payne and Allen's impact together with only one edge rusher out there, Montez Sweat, you know, without Chase, with Chase Young being injured. And we saw the impact of the defensive line. And those two guys create so much havoc that, you know, I mean, you probably don't even need a Montez Sweat on the end or Chase Young on the end to be, you know, successful with, you know, with that defensive line. But with those two in just one of those edge guys, I mean, you're going to have a hell of a defensive line. So and also my my thought or theory is that you're going to get more return value. Now, this is if you have a proactive front office, if Ron and them are looking into foresight into the future. I think a, a valuable edge rusher nets you more in a trade than an interior defensive lineman. So that's where you start dangling a Montez sweat in this case. If you still you know, believe in Chase Young as your face at a franchise and you keep though, you know, you keep John Allen and Deron Payne together. Again, I'm not worried about the salary. And for reasons that AJ mentioned as well, is that John Allen doesn't strike me as a type of guy that's going to be jealous of, Deron Payne getting his contract. I mean, if John Allen is who he's presented himself to be to the media and that's the ultimate team guy, he's going to be happy. For uh, Deron Payne, you know, um, and, and it's all about the team, and he's gonna be happy to keep the uh, team together. He doesn't strike me as a personality that's gonna be upset because you know his uh running mate Deron Payne has signed for a bigger contract. I think you keep Deron Payne again because, like I said, that that just makes the defense on line so formidable. Like I said, you don't even I don't even think you need a Montez or Chase out there to even have success with those two guys, but again you keep you have to keep one of those edge guys and chase on montez but that's what i'm that's what i've been talking about as far as i think you get more value when you dangle an edge rusher versus the interior line so i'm starting to look you know if i'm ron rivera and his staff and i'm being proactive i'm starting to look this summer for a trade partner for montez maybe even before the draft maybe you can get some good compensation there
0: i think that's a solid idea before the draft um Like, my my reason of asking, even if they missed their window, uh, is actually to what AJ brought up, uh, the lack of foresight. But like, Washington is banking on Deron Payne. They, 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 I, in my opinion, I felt like they knew that Deron Payne was going to, he was going to find it at some point, but I don't think they knew that he was going to exceed their expectations beyond the level in which they did. Like, he damn near broke a record for interior defense alignment in terms of the, or the sack record. um, He, he tied it. And, and I think for, for Duran, I'm um, understanding his situation this year. Uh, I, I don't think this is a, Oh, this is a contract here. I got to show out. I think it's literally finding his way, finding his ability to consistently win in the past game. I think that is what he was missing. And it was always the case um and, and nobody knew when it was going to hit but he put in the work this offseason and that's not a that's not a that's not a person who is uh that that is having a fluke season it's a person who really worked their ass off to to get to the point in which they're at um but i think that he exceeded their expectations they took a gamble on Deron Payne hoping that they can uh after this year re-sign him but maybe re-sign him at a reasonable deal but now that's out the number. I mean, that's out the door. Like at this point, ESPN even has him ranked as their fourth highest or their fourth, their fourth best free agent this entire offseason. Like he is the fourth best, fourth highest rated free agent out of all positions um, for ESPN. I forgot who wrote the article. I actually didn't even see the article. I heard this. Um and for for Duran, you're in a situation where you're like you're looking to get this money, and uh, I can understand them trying to franchise him, and and I think that's ultimately what's going to be a trickle down effect to, to not being able to get something done. Um, because Duran is going to have is, he's going to make so much more money on the market if if he plays his cards right. Um, and, and he may it, it may entail him staying down for one season 19 million to, to 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 wait until next year so long as he keeps producing, but at the end of the day um i think that is a lot of money for an interior uh person in terms of like collectively with john allen and deron Payne, but i think you can make it work if you decide to offload somebody on that defensive line and that's somebody maybe montez sweat i think that that would be the most ideal person um in my head understanding who montez sweat is uh he's a good player uh he does get a lot of wins but he get a lot of wins off of like line games in my opinion Based on what I saw, um, it's not necessarily true one on ones. It's not true quick wins and true domination on on that tackle wherever they line them up. I think Chase Young is the person who boasts that potential and holds that that potential. So you may want to look at a, a Montez Sweat and see what you can do uh, if you want to be proactive. But also, if you want to keep this thing together, then you gotta you can you can live with a tag on pain as and 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 figure something out with Sweat down the line. Um, so long as you find your quarterback this offseason, because you got to do it like this defense, ain't going to hold itself up forever. Um, you got to find your quarterback uh, and you got to find a solution on that other side of the ball. So you can get some wins and make that defensive front actually stand out from a national perspective. Sure. Like people know that the defense is good, but if you want these guys to, if, if or if these guys are going to get the recognition and in, in whatever they need and things like that, you got to win. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the true answer is with pain in terms of like an extension. I think you can live with paying him, but you can't live with paying him and expecting to keep every person on that uh, defensive line.
1: Well, Mo, let me let me also add to this about the pain situation. I think this should be playing in the coaches' heads, or the the not the coaches, but the front office staff, including Ron, because it's playing in my head as a fan, and that is that. Trent Williams is a guy and Ron Rivera had control over that situation at the end. However, Ron didn't, it, Ron isn't the reason they didn't get great compensation for Trent Williams. We all know Bruce Allen screwed that situation up. But Ron came in on the tail end of this, and he had to deal with the back end of it. And he only got a third and a, a conditional fifth rounder or something like that for Trent Williams, which is just stupid for the best left tackle in the game. So you have to think that has to be weighing in on Ron and his staff's mind. And not even just that, Brandon Scherf as well. Like Brandon Scherf walked last season for nothing. I mean, you got nothing back nothing back on the down for Brandon Scherf. You got pennies on the dime for um Trent Williams. Now you have a situation where you have Deron Payne, who is uh, a free agent coming up this season, and you have Montez Sweat, who will be a free agent next year. I don't think you're going to be able to keep all of those guys. So to me, it's going to be just poor mismanagement of this roster and personnel. If they if they don't either sign one of these guys back or both of them back or you get offload one of them and get significant or real value for these guys. You can't let them walk as you did Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf. And Brandon Scherf, we know he went on the franchise tag as Maul, you may have suggested that um, you know, just down that. Deron Payne may be an option for the franchise tag, which is very legitimate, but you cannot let these guys continue walking out of here for nothing. Cause these are some of your premier talents and this team doesn't, we're not used to premier talents on this team. So if you're not going to keep the premier talent, you got to get something in return for them. So I, I think that they have to have that in mind going forward.
0: Look, man, put your nuts on the table, bro. Simple as that. If you, if you want to, if you want to be good, you got to be willing to trade, trade, will and deal. Like you got to be willing to do it. If, if something doesn't work out in negotiations, like with that, with with whatever, whichever who is with, it could be Montez sweat, be Deron Payne, um, or it could be this next person we're talking about. Um, and, and let's go ahead and transition to that boy at, at safety, uh, Cam curl, uh, his extension is looming, man. He's heading into year four, uh, his contract talks should be happening soon. I would assume AJ knows better than me just in terms of general contract talks, but it usually happens as a person who has a four year contract. He's not a, uh, a first round pick. Uh, he, He's entering his fourth deal. I mean, his fourth year. So essentially, you would like to have that before he enters his his last year. Um What are you all paying him? Uh Where are you at with him? Uh, I, I know we want to have a, a larger conversation about you know what we're seeing with the the, fan- <laughs> the family Right. even bro, in the fans. Said, This is
2: it's his damn bro. daddy, dog. Somebody dude.
0: said. Somebody said. What do what do you say, Drake? The dude that sent, you sent the screenshot of. He said, bro. Uh, Sean, Sean Taylor, no, uh, Kate Curl <laughs> and Derek Forrest is what we were hoping Sean Taylor <laughs> yeah. and wrong Landry to be. Bro. <laughs> all right.
1: I, I,
0: I love pre- y'all, Ford. man,
1: but y'all gotta stop that, shit, man. Y'all, please have to stop that.
0: Man. Why, why would just, you even yeah. do that to yourself, bro? And then 440 <laughs> people liked it at the time you sent it to me, bro. Like, all 440, I, bro, no disrespect, but yes, y'all got it. Y'all, please, nah, stop, really, like, really. grow up.
2: No, with all disrespect. Because, like, I'm starting to think people that watch this team are really stupid. Like, really stupid. And, like I said, I mean it with all disrespect. Because, at the end of the day, it's just like, I understand fans and fandom. But, your, your naked eye doesn't show you that this man makes plays to garner the pay that even his father has put out there to start this conversation for real, for real. Like people been saying, he need an extension, but when your pops come out there, that's why during negotiation period, you always tell, you always tell like the people close to the situation. Hey man, tell, tell your folks don't, don't speak on what's going
0: on. Mm. I was going to ask you that too, AJ, like, cause how, cause people, people have done that in the past, like, and, and it, and it's, it's damaged negotiations, hasn't it?
2: It, it hurts because it's like you just want to keep the conversation between you and the team, and now you got someone speaking outward. Like, it just happened last year. I, I'll give you all example. Uh, a guy uh, from from the D.C. area, uh, was friends with Debo Samuel, he came out and, and posted and said, hey, we ain't talking unless there's so-and-so dollar amount, and that's not how – Debo's agent gets down. That's not how he's trying to do business. You feel me? That cost is very and man. that's that's also what led to a lot of speculation about the Jets being in play as a destination for him and him being on the trade market. And it's just like you can't you can't do that. In in this case, man, Cam Curl is just another guy. Uh, as our guy Manny Benton would say, he's a jack. Like <laughs> I understand that he he helps align people and calls plays, and that's because Ron Avery and company have done a poor job in securing the middle linebacker. That's why. But since his rookie season, he has made no interceptions and has one fumble recovery. Why in the world would we be talking about paying this guy a premium dollar at safety as if he's Buda Baker, Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, even a Jesse Bates, like, <laughs> like, why? Why would we be talking about that? For me, when it comes to Cam Curl, I'm letting him play his contract out, and he can bounce next year. We can go about finding somebody different. Like, yeah, look at the list. Like, you got Marcus Williams, Kevin Byard, Harrison Smith, Jamal Adams. Even though he he that gets means, yeah, eighty mil, bro, that's the number he, one paid
0: safety, dog.
2: He makes plays. Like, Cam Curl has done nothing in his career to garner that type of money. He does. He's not an impactful player. I'm sorry, uh, if his dad watches this episode and hears this, I apologize to your son. But you gotta start keeping in the buck with him, and also keeping a buck. Or with just his be dog. quiet. Yeah, you don't even gotta
0: say nothing. Yeah, just let, at, let the negotiations talk. He's,
2: he's gonna get paid more than what he's been getting as a 7 round pick. But to be out here engaging with fans and and articles and whatever, eighty mil, nothing less. Like or having people send possible. Options like that shit ain't my bad for even cursing, but that that's not that's not cool. You feel me? At the end of the day, then Cam Curl, Cam comes out and says, uh, "People watching my pockets." No, it's your pops. <laughs> your Dang. pops putting people in your <laughs> mix. Like at the end of the day, if a deal get done and get done, I just don't see it getting done. If if you struggling or playing out the long game with a Deron Payne and Terry McLaurin. You're not thinking about re-signing Cam Curl, especially if there has to be some thought process where he thinks he's supposed to get premium dollar at safety. His pops didn't just come out there blindly and just say that. He, he he actually, and that's why he was saying during the season, he wanted to get interceptions so bad because he, he
0: knows. He knew he needed them.
2: He knows he needs them in order to speak about himself. As a top 10 safety to get paid that type of money and it's not gonna happen. He'll he'll get a, a, a cool little payday from being a seven round pick. But if it were my team and I was running it, I would go acquire another safety this year. Uh i let him play out the rest of his contract and I would not be re-signing him next year. I'm sorry. Bye.
0: Drake, wait, I I I follow up after. No,
1: yeah, I was just gonna say I like Cam Curl. I mean, I'm a Cam Curl fan, but no, that whatever money they was talking about, or how this conversation got put up, he's not that. Like if I'm even looking at this list that Jamal put up. I'm putting Cam Carroll's contract, if he's getting a new contract, somewhere between the Quandre Diggs range and the John Johnson range. Like, he's getting somewhere between that, you know, for a contract. I don't know if he's getting it here, but that's that's pretty much his range. He's not in that Derwin James to Jamal Adams tier where he's going to get something. No, that's not going to happen. Because, I mean, as A.J. stated, he's not a playmaker. I mean – He's a guy that he plays the game the right way. I mean, he's one of those guys when you talk about like the white defensive ends, like the Jared Allens and everything. Oh, they play the game the right way. Cam Curl's that guy. Like he's not going to go out there. He's not going to wow you with a bunch of wild plays. He's not going to make a force or create a bunch of turnovers. But he's usually in the right position at the right time to make a tackle or to not let you get beat in a certain spot. But that doesn't equal to top tier Range when it comes to paying uh, strong safeties. I mean, because that's what he is. He's not a free safety. He's a guy. He's pretty. He's more on the strong safety side. So that's why I say he's more in that Quandre Digs to John Johnson range of salary. I think that's what he'll end up getting paid, but nothing more, nothing less, unless he just becomes a huge playmaker overnight.
0: Yeah, that, that's really that's the bottom line. Like you got to understand. First off, um I don't even want to make it sound like we are jumping his dead. Because it's not about the day itself, just the number that he threw out there. And, and all of a sudden it's become a thing like 80 million dollars, bro. Like, at, like in my head, I'm like, did you even do you even know the the numbers in terms of like the, the actual money that these these safeties are making? And then do you even understand like the position that your son is playing? Right. And, and does it does it warrant free safety money? Does it warrant? Like Earl Thomas, like when he was a roamer, like he can do everything back there. Like, does it warrant warrant that type of money? And and you don't you don't get that from Cam. And Cam is very important to this defense for for the fact that he can communicate on all three levels, prop. I would assume all three levels. I know he can communicate second and third. Um, I would assume, assume all three, but he can also make plays in the box. He can also cover your tight ends uh to an extent like he ain't that physical um or as physical as he as he as he as he could be um but at the end of the day he's not a difference maker and and ultimately when you even reach that AAV of 14 million is that's where you're getting the matter of fact 13 as you just said Dre you're getting Quandre that's where Con- that's where Quandre started and then after that you got Eddie Jackson Buddha Baker uh Justin Simmons Harrison Smith like, I mean, Harrison's about to be done soon. He, he, he cooked. Um, But then, I mean, and Jamal Adams, I, like he's, I think he cooked too. Uh, Even though he's, he's a, he's an explosive athlete still. He just keep getting hurt. The point being, like you get it. Like when you get up to those numbers, you get somebody that's continuing to make plays. Dakota move, bro. You are, you are disruptive right now. Um, But yeah, like that's, that's kind of where I'm at with. And, and even Tyran, man. Tyran is making 9 million a year and he's a dog. Like, he's just got a he's just got himself a deal in in New Orleans that that benefits him um i, I don't know the stipulations i don't remember it last year but um yeah that's just kind of where it is with tyran so i think for 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 cam and for washington um i i like cam too i'm not a person who's going to let him walk and the reason why i said aj cuz we had a conversation with about this uh yesterday where i said i i agree with some of what you said and i and i don't agree with some of what you said i'm not calling the future with cam like he still has another year left and if you're content washington meaning if you're content with not letting or not getting him on a deal this year or even if um you know the numbers aren't where they need to be on both sides uh you can see how he blossoms in his fourth year like it's not the end of the story for cam after year three but he ain't 80 million dollars after year three like that's just not him and and he's not even 10 plus million dollars after year three so uh it's on Cam he, if he wants to take the even, deal.
2: He's not even six million for me.
0: Uh six million is where Von Bill. Um damn, I wish this was sorted. Uh mm-hmm. Marcus May is 7.5. Um Xavier Woods is five million. Uh Jordan Whitehead, 7 million. Nah, I mean he could fit around, he could fit in that range, but you know what? I ain't gonna lie to you, Drake. I mean, AJ, he may be a little bit more than a little bit less than six million too, looking at this list. <laughs> yeah, he may be a little bit less than six million too. Um, right now. But my point is, and why I disagree with you yesterday was more so because the story isn't this the, the book isn't written on on Cam uh in terms of like his value. He can still continue to, to improve and upgrade and uh show his show his worth to this defense, but he has to find a way to start creating turnovers and making plays. Um, that's his next step. But, uh, I agree with you, man, right now in terms of like replacement level, like he's replaceable. Like there's a lot of people on people's teams who are replaceable. They're, they're important to you right now, but if you find better, you can move on. Um, but I don't think that that's a position to need this all season. Clearly you can continue to ride out with him. Um, any last thoughts before we get to, uh, the QB, I guess we'll wrap up the, the other positions. We have some more time. We can wrap up the other positions next week. Um, But we can finish up with with the quarterback spot. Um, Matter of fact, quarterback and another position. Um, But any last thoughts on Cam?
2: No, not at all for me.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So um, a couple of surprise or maybe low-key needs for Washington, in my opinion, um, is running back and tight end. Um, We know about the offensive line. We'll touch on that. Um, and we know about uh, uh linebacker. We'll touch on that uh, next week. But tight end, I feel like with Bates, Turner, C- Curtis Hodges, and Armani Rogers, those are some younger guys. You may need to try and bring in a vet if you're Washington. You may need – Dakota. Jesus Christ. Um, You may need to try to bring in a vet uh, or maybe even look into the draft and, and try and find another person that, that can be a bona fide starter. But if you're going in the draft, I think that you go high end with tight end, um and in terms of running back uh jared patterson is a restricted free agent jonathan williams unrestricted free agent and then you got mckissick on the contract but he's he's been dealing with some significant injuries like a neck injury this year ended the season um so right now you're looking at uh uh, brian robinson and antonio gibson um those are two some some two low-key positions that that should be some 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 priorities for washington uh what do you what do you all think about running back and tight end uh, and then we'll we'll close out with quarterback after.
2: Yeah, I would I would love to see them get a more explosive running back, but uh, I guess one of the guys that I'd be interested in I don't know if he'll be around, uh, say the second round, but I like uh, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Uh, I think he's an every baby, down back. Uh, what's um, his boy,
0: baby Kamara? Yeah, I feel like
2: he's an every down back. I'm just not uh, a big believer in brian robinson as the number one i think he's a complimentary piece but i feel like they need a home run hitter back there running back that can also uh be dependable in the in the passing game too and it's funny aj mentioned jameer Gibbs. i love jameer
1: gibbs out of alabama like he's the perfect i mean for J.D. Uh, McKissick uh, replacement, he might can be a number one guy coming straight out. But either way, you wouldn't have to force him to be that. You're going to have three options if you get a Jameer Gibbs type of player. I mean, and, and we do need that because we started to see that with J.D. McKissick. I mean, he started to get injured this last couple of seasons. I don't think he's finished the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, at some point you're going to need that change of pace guy because I think as much as, you know, Antonio Gibson is a guy we love when we talk about, He's not that much of a change of pace guy from Brian Robinson. I mean, they're kind of similar in the sense. They're still big power backs, but, um, of course, A.G. does have more of that home run hitting power than Brian Robinson. But you are looking for that little smaller, shiftier guy, the one you can just, you know, get the ball, and he's a threat at any point to take it to the house. So I would love a Jameer Gibbs, And I do think that's probably going to be a surprising need for Washington. I don't think tight end is as much of a surprising need because if you look at the roster there or the depth chart there at the tight end position, Logan Thomas, I think he's, I mean, I don't know what to make of him anymore. Snip, snip, but <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He go. looks slow this year, and he's coming off that, he's still coming off that injury. He's a year older. He's getting in the 30s now, so it's at the point that I don't think you can rely on him too much. Uh, John Bates, I mean, he hasn't shown much more than a tight end two or tight end three guy at the most. Um, and then there's the other guys like the Amani Rogers and, you know, the guys like that, those are the all potential guys. I mean, you still haven't seen much of them to warrant, you know, any kind of guarantee to be a starter in this league. So I think tight end is kind of low key, a huge need, man, um, for this team. Um, and I think it has been for the last couple of years, that we didn't know we were getting back with Logan Thomas last year when he was coming off of injury. So you, you have to address that position somehow. I would love to, you know, Get a maybe a second or third round guy. I don't have any guys in mind right now for the tight end position, but I would love for them to address that kind of early. To you know, just to add to the weaponry on the office, especially you know if you're, you're shooter for the stars with an Eric Bieniemy or Anthony Lynn, you want to kind of present to these guys, hey, we're gonna put as much offensive talent for you to work with. You, we're gonna make us a presentable option for you. So you would love to add uh, to that role. Uh, I mean, of course, we know quarterback is always the biggest need. So I don't have any surprise. Uh, positions in need I think um, the running back would be like the low key position in need that a lot of people aren't talking about that would be something they have to address this year you know and it's I mean it's not a necessity but you still want to add to that and you want to make that room stronger because I think you're getting a little weaker there with JD McKissick's uncertainty
0: last thing um, we know they're going to cut Wentz uh, move on from Wentz it's, it's un- they'd be I quit I quit Washington if, if they didn't cut Wentz. Um Heineke is an expected uh free agent. Well, he is an unrestricted free agent. They have to re sign him to keep him on the roster. Uh, we know Sam Howell is the only person at this point uh that is on the roster. Uh, what is the best path for a quarterback? Uh, what what are we thinking? Um personally, uh even if I love Sam Howell or I love the idea of Sam Howell because I, I do love I do love the thought process behind moving with, moving forward with Sam Howe off the strength of um, being able to use so much money to support him through building up that offensive line and, and even finding some more weapons, even at tight end or running back. Um, I love that idea, but I would be a fool to sit here and tell you that he should be going into uh, 2023 as your undoubted QB1 uh, with no veteran or rookie in place to – to either challenge slash compete, like truly compete or uh, somebody to, to fully back them up. Like it should be a thorough plan at quarterback. And I also think that you should um, if, if, if you, if you end up on how, I think that you should be ending up on how after you exhausted all options to find out who is going to be your QB one. Um, And that means going, uh, going through your scouting um, and, and figuring out who, who is the rookie that you love um or who are the rookies that you love uh or trade options and i pray to god we're not trading like i think we need to be done with that um but just laying everything out there like you have to if you end up on how you have to exhaust all your options in order for it to end up on how which is perfectly fine to do and i am a fan of the how situation because of what he can what like comes with that and that is the money
1: well, I think um, for Ron, they, it's, it's different than last year's quarterback. quarterbacks. Actually, I mean, the last couple of years. I don't think Ron has the luxury this year to go into it, saying we can go as aggressively as we want to go out and identify a guy at this position. And that means you know trade options on the table. I don't think big trade options are on the table for Ron and his staff this year because he doesn't have an owner backing him right now. Like, Dan is probably – At this point, like we're cash strapped, he's probably also not aggressively hounding Ron to go out and get a guy either. And new ownership, that's just so much of a question mark. You don't know what they're going to do. So you got to figure that the only options available to Ron right now at at the moment or realistic options are free agent quarterback, Sam Howe, or the draft. And I don't think that Ron... I mean, being in the draft position they are, they don't have a really great draft pick this year. So you have to figure that unless they plan on making some big major trade-up, which I don't foresee happening, that they're probably just going to keep building on the roster around and maybe they'll get Sam Howell. But, I mean, it's actually a pretty decent free agent quarterback class. I mean, I wouldn't say decent, but – if you're talking about wanting guys to push Sam Howell, you don't you have the perfect guys in free agency this year. I, I believe Andy Dalton's a free agent this year, um, at quarterback. Baker Mayfield, um, I don't know what the 49ers are gonna do with uh Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he may be a free agent this coming season. But I mean, point Indeed. being, you have guys like this available this year that will be perfect to if you if you're saying I'm going into the season and I want I want Sam Howe to win it, but I don't want to give Sam Howe a guy. You have a bunch of guys from that pool to pick from because I don't realistically – you know, for Ron in his position, I just don't see a rookie being the answer for him where he's drafting that. Like, he's not in a position to draft uh, you know, the top-tier guys like Bryce Young and Will Levis and those type of guys. You know, he's more into the project range where you're talking about the Anthony Richardsons and, you know, those type of guys. So I, I just don't foresee him hitching his way into one of those guys. I do see the realistic possibility being more so of they're going to back Sam Howell and they're going to look at that free agent pool of veteran guys for someone to push him this year. I think that's the realistic situation for
2: Washington. I think uh, the domino starts next week. Uh, Derek Carr's situation. Uh, he either he either has to get he either will be traded or released. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think the Jets go after Aaron Rodgers. Um, Derek Carr has very few landing spots that really make sense. Um, you can look at the Buccaneers, but you can also pinpoint Washington as two of the main places that could be of interest to him. Uh, I don't think it happens via trade. I think it could happen as a signing. Um, and then you, you also have this Lamar Jackson thing. I don't – I'm willing to bet something, and I don't bet. But I'm willing to bet Sam Howe does not start – as Washington's quarterback for week one. Uh, Ron is trying to save his job. And the only way to really do that is to acquire a quarterback better than Carson Wentz. And (laughs) I don't think anyone in that free agency pool is going to be someone of particular interest to him. Uh, I think they're going to go all in on acquiring the quarterback. Uh, Why, why wouldn't you? I mean, if, if it don't work out, you ain't got to deal with the ramifications of it. (laughs) You feel me? Like if you Ron Rivera, you could trade the whole the whole the the whole future. <laughs> it ain't gonna be your future, but at the end of the day, you have no ramifications if this don't work. Um and I think something close to watch if a OC like an Anthony Lynn gets hired, uh expect to see Tyrod Taylor and play to to be a quarterback here in Washington.
0: Yeah. Um make they have a connection for sure. Uh, I, what are your percent chances? Not at AJ brought it though, because he's willing to bet. So, I matter of fact, let's let's just ask the question: What are the percent chances that you all have for How actually starting? I know he said that he's betting that he's not, but I know there's a percent chance on you. Like it got to be a percentage out there. Uh, so so where are you all at? I'll I start it off a percent chance that Sam Howell is. It may be my optimism talking because of what I really want. Um as I've outlined, but I would probably say like there's a 70% chance that Hal starts uh, week one. Um, I, I think that that is the guy that they brought in, even though they failed to to even truly evaluate him because they thought that he wasn't ready for a week 18 game. Um, but, but maybe something changed their mind and they was like, you know what? We're stupid. Let's go ahead and move forward with them. Um, but I say 70%. Mute during you want mute.
1: Yeah, I'll say fifty-five percent chance that Howe right. starts um, this coming year. Um, I, I, I think he's the most likely starter. And again, and if this was any other situation where you got, you know, a stable coach and you know this guy's going to be here for a couple of years, Sam Howe starting Week One would just be absurd to me. Like it just would not make any sense at all to me. But because I feel like Ron's in a situation he's in where. You know, you don't really have a lot of options available at you to go out and just get, you know, maybe a guy that you want. I mean, maybe there's a unique situation where they can go out and, you know, trade the farm for Lamar Jackson. He accepts. But right now, to me, that's a pipe dream. Um, so I, I do see Sam Howe being the most likeliest of candidates unless you are going into that free agent pool for somebody. And they're going to probably gear that competition towards more so Sam Howe could win. So. I'm going with 55% chance to Sam Howell wins.
2: Yeah, I think I think the way the NFL is scripted, uh <laughs> they're not gonna let Sam Howell be the best,
0: be best the best time on Twitter the last 24 <laughs> hours, bro. Oh my god, that shit is hilarious, bro. Uh, what
1: started that? I saw Alfred Alva Kamara make some joke about that. What, what's the deal behind that?
0: I'ma send it to you. It's a, um so it was a clip with Arian Foster on a podcast, bro. And I don't even know the person that he was with, but like they were doing some bit. It was just a joke, but they were dead serious. There was no like laughing or anything. They were having a, con- a conversation about the NFL being rigged and they, they started as <laughs> part of the conversation was talking about how every single season is scripted. Like you already know what's going to happen as the season goes along. And so many, so many people on Twitter, like probably like the tweet read, um, Aaron Foster, um, explaining how the NFL is literally rigged and like so many people commented, so many people were like, uh, like buying into the conversation or some, some, so many people were even just buying off the headline, like not even listening to the video. And, and then all of the quote tweets just started popping off booming about these jokes and like JPP's hands, uh, when he, you know, did what he did, uh, unfortunately, respectfully, but you know, JPP jokes, Antonio Brown jokes, uh, Dallas Cowboy jokes about them being terrible for 20-plus years. Um, Bruh, it's hilarious. I'm about, I'm about to send it to you right now.
2: Yeah, but with all being said, I feel like there's a 30% chance that Sam Howell starts uh week one. Um Like I stated, man, if I'm Ron Rivera, I got to go all in for a quarterback. I don't have any ramifications in the future. I got to figure this out. I got to take it up a, a, another notch. Watching the Eagles do their thing with Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, uh, Daniel Jones may have found his place in in New York, uh, whatever that deal is. Of course, Dak is struggling in in Dallas, but at the end of the day, I can't I can't tell out this this uh this roster and and say, hey, Sam, Howell, you go ahead and lead the troops like, and I'm going <laughs> to go sign a veteran quarterback. Like, no way in hell. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel like uh, Sam Howe is at a 30% chance of starting. Uh, but a lot of a lot of stuff is going to start getting cooked up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as I stated, I believe that we'll know who will be buying the Washington Commanders uh, next week um, at some point. And we'll also start hearing more movement and talks about quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and, and Derek Carr
0: next week um we'll see uh we'll see we'll keep our eye on everything and and uh for those that's listening and watching uh we'll be back on Tuesday to discuss some more roster concerns and even dive into I actually have a, a really good question for for us that that we'll tap into um I'm going to save it now uh on my my pad or my my notes um my word notes so we can so we can generate that one but that's wrap it up for us this week, fellas. Y'all boys take care, man. Um, I hope y'all didn't have money on the Bengals, uh, like I did. Uh, because uh, I've been mad. Well, it's Thursday now, so I'm doing better, but I, I was mad for two straight days after the it's game. late, bro. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. That, that was, I was, I was pissed off. I was so, I was so mad. And it wasn't even off the street. Like the, the Bengals fought, they played hard and lost. Um, but I could not even with the Philly game when I had the money line on, on Philly, the the officiating was terrible in that game for both sides. Um headaches, stress and hey, um you
2: win some, you lose some, my boy.
0: <laughs> hey nah, AJ you right, bro. <laughs> and with that with that being said, we up out here, dog. Y'all take it easy, enjoy you day, enjoy y'all week and all that good stuff, man. <laughs> <sir. laughs> Huh. watch him throw the ball we gonna pick it up you gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off you gonna play through fourth and longer you gonna punt it off your defenders have you hit us put your pads in don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in keep the helmet on keep the cleats tight you the type to want to win by any means right you should look alive this is trap trapping out